We do it every morning for Bhagavatam class. Since um, since we just chanted Jai Radha Madhava, and we do it every morning for Bhagavatam class, I would like to take this opportunity, since it's the first time in a long time that I'm going to make some humble attempt to give a Bhagavatam class of some sort, uh, I would like to read something, an excerpt from Srila Prabhupada's discussion on this song, Jai Radha Madhava, just for starters. So he's, he started, but just to save some time, because I, I've got a lot of ground to cover to say the things that I have to say this morning, so still I, I want to share this with you. You know, Gopi Janabalaba Kiribaradabi, this, this, on this line, Prophet says, Thus Krishna also became known as Gopijana Balava, which indicates that his only business, his only business is to protect the Gopijana. This Krishna consciousness movement aims at teaching people, people, how to become Gopijanas, or pure lovers of Krishna. This is a very significant statement by Srila Prabhupada. Because this is directly appertaining to this Krishna consciousness movement. This Krishna consciousness movement aims at teaching people how to become Gopijanas, or pure lovers of Krishna. When we reach that stage of pure love of God, the Lord will save us from any danger, even if it means His lifting a hill or a mountain. Krishna did not have to practice some yoga system in order to lift Govardhan Hill. As God, He is all-powerful, even as a child. He played like a child and dealt with others like a child. But when there was need, he manifested himself as God Almighty, which is also the answer to the question as to why he appears to transgress mundane morality. It's because he is manifesting the, the, the principle that I am supreme, I am powerful, all-powerful, and I can do as I like. I'm Surat, a bigya Surat. So, he doesn't need to become God. And he really doesn't need to prove to anyone that he is God to be God. But he shows himself for the benefit of the uh, uh, people of this world so that they can gradually develop faith in him. That is the nature of Krishna or God. He does not have to practice meditation or follow some system of yoga in order to become God. He is not a manufactured type of God, but is God eternally. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the next paragraph. Yasodhananda Brajajana Ranjana. 
Krishna's own business is satisfying the Vraja Janas. And their only business is satisfying Krishna. This is the reciprocation of love. Yamuna Tiravana Chari. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, wanders on the banks of the Yamuna to please the gopis, the cowboys, the birds, the bees, and the cows and calves. These are not ordinary birds, bees, cows, calves, or men. They have all reached the summit of self-realization. And thus, after many, many lives, they have attained a position whereby they can play with Krishna. Here's another one. This Krishna consciousness movement can, and this Krishna consciousness movement, not some other Krishna consciousness movement, please, but this, this, this one that we're sitting in, that we're part of, part and parcel of, the Hare Krishna movement. Prabhupada, you know, struggled to uh, you know, manifest beginning from New York, basically. This Krishna consciousness movement can enable everyone to go to Krishna Loka and become Krishna's associate as a friend means in Sakyaras. Thank you. Please. Servant means in Dasyaras. Father or mother as a friend, servant, father or mother. And father and mother or mother means in Vatsalyaras. So not only does the Krishna Consciousness Movement aim at teaching people how to become gopijanas, but this Krishna Consciousness Movement can also enable, not disable, but enable, everyone to go to Krishna Loka and become Krishna's associate as a friend, servant, father, or mother. Krishna is agreeable to take any of these positions in relation to his devotee. How he does so is all described in our book, Teachings of Lord Chaitanya. To realize our relationship with Krishna which should be, probably, I would venture to say, should be, at least, everyone's concern, whoever joins this movement, if they, uh, say, are serious to catch the drift of what Srila Prabhupada is trying to inspire within us, this, uh, at least, fan spark of the fire of uh, the pre preliminary desire for self-realization, if, uh, I mean, to realize our relationship with Krishna, we have but to follow in the footsteps of Lord Chaitanya and his chief associates, the six Goswamis, Sri Rupa, Sanatan, Sri Jiva, Gopala, Raghunath Das, and Raghunath Bhatta. These Goswamis were always engaged in chanting Hare Krishna and dancing and ecstasy. They taught 
that when one is merged in Krishna Kirtan, or the chanting of the holy names of Krishna, he merges into the ocean of love of Krishna. As soon as the sound of Krishna's name is vibrated, one can immediately merge into the ocean of love. That is the sign of pure devotion. Thus, at Kirtans, the six Goswamis would merge immediately into the ocean of love of God. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We'll read this verse in purport and then I want to, I'm, I'm going to take the liberty to read the next verse in purport as well. Translation Lord Krishna said, You girls bathe naked while executing your vow, and that is certainly an offense against the demigods. To counteract your sin, you should offer obeisances while placing your joint palms above your heads. Then you should take back your lower garments. So, I'll try to raise my voice a little. Purport. Krishna wanted to see the full surrender of the gopis. Can everybody hear me? Purport. Krishna wanted to see the full surrender of the gopis and thus he ordered them to offer obeisances with their palms joined above their heads. In other words, the gopis could no longer cover their bodies. We should not foolishly think that Lord Krishna is an ordinary lusty boy. For those who understand English, it, is, it would do them well to understand these points of, uh, of uh, uh, Krishna Tattva, Rasa Tattva, Sambandha Tattva, Abhideya Tattva, Prayojan Tattva. All these points should be understood clearly in order to get a clear picture of Krishna. We should not foolishly think that Lord Krishna is an ordinary lusty boy enjoying the naked beauty of the gopis. Krishna is the supreme absolute truth and he was acting to fulfill the loving desire of the young cowherd girls of Vrindavan. In this world, we would certainly become lusty in a situation like this. But to compare ourselves to God is a great offense, and because of this offense, we will not be able to understand Krishna's transcendental position, for we will wrongly take him to be materially conditioned like ourselves. To lose transcendental sight of Krishna is certainly a great disaster for one trying to relish the bliss of the absolute truth. So can we read the next one and I'll combine the purports and comment. You can just read the, the translations. It, translation because we're, we're very short of time. Thus the young girls of Bengala, considering what Lord Buddha 
The devotees of ISKCON practice the highest standard of restraint and morality, but at the same time, we recognize the transcendental position of Krishna. Lord Krishna is God and therefore has no material desire to enjoy young girls in sexual affairs. As will be seen in this chapter, Lord Krishna was not at all attracted to enjoying the gopis. Rather, he wanted, uh, he was attracted to their love and wanted to satisfy them. The greatest offense is to imitate the activities of Lord Krishna. In India, there is a group called Prakrta Sahajiya who imitate these affairs of Krishna and try to enjoy naked young girls in the name of worshipping Krishna. The ISKCON movement sternly rejects this mockery of religion because the greatest offense is for a human being to ludicrously imitate the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the ISKCON movement, there are no cheap incarnations and it is not possible for a devotee of this movement to promote himself to the position of Krishna. 500 years ago, Krishna appeared as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who practiced strict celibacy throughout his student life, and at the age of 24, took sannyas, a lifelong vow of celibacy. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rigidly avoided contact with women in order to carry out his vow of loving service to Krishna. When Krishna personally appeared 5,000 years ago, he exhibited these wonderful pastimes which attract our attention. Note, we should not become envious or shocked when we hear that God can perform such pastimes. Our shock is due to our ignorance because if we try, if we try to perform these activities, our bodies would be afflicted by lust. Lord Krishna, however, is the supreme absolute truth and is therefore never disturbed by any material desire whatsoever. Thus, this incident in which the gopis gave up normal standards of morality and raising their hands to their head, bowed down in compliance with Krishna's order, is an example of pure devotional surrender and not a discrepancy in religious principles. The fact, in fact, the gopi's surrender is the perfection of all religion, as Srila Prabhupada describes in Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Quote, The gopis were all simple souls, and whatever Krishna said, they took to be true. In order to be freed from the wrath of Varunadev, as well as to fulfill the desired end of their vows, and ultimately to please their worshipable Lord, Krishna, they immediately abided by his order. Thus, they became the greatest lovers of Krishna and his most obedient servitors. Nothing can compare to the Krishna consciousness of the gopis. Actually, the gopis did not care for Varuna or any other demigod. They only wanted to satisfy Krishna. Om Ajnana Timirandasya
ज्ञानांजना शलाकयाच चक्षु उम्मीदम जीना तस्माई श्री गुरुवे नमः नमः ओम विष्णु पराया कृष्ण प्रेस्टाय भूतले श्रीमदे भक्ति बिरांत स्वामी नमने नमस्ते सरस्वती एवं गौरवानी प्रचारणे निर्विशेष सुनिवारी प्रशासिते सुचारणे श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद शेरवैत गराधार श्री वासरी गौर भक्त वृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 नाम हरे नाम 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 हरे हरे फॉर द बेनिफिट ऑफ द लर्न असेंबली आई आई वुड लाइक टू बेग दैट यू प्लीज फॉर्ड मी एज आई डोंट क्लेम टू बी मच ऑफ अ स्कॉलर प्लीज फॉर्ड मी इफ फॉर एनी रीजन there uh, happens to be some incoherency in my uh say uh, train of thought and the uh um the uh let's say sequence in which the subject matter which i hope that you will allow me to have the time to pre- present although it looks like it might take considerable time but uh yeah if the sequence of uh of subject matter appears to be a little helter skelter so to speak forgive me but uh kindly try to uh uh catch the essence of what i'm driving at i have no love for krishna nor for the cause of developing love for krishna namely hearing and chanting and the process of bhakti yoga which one is always in by which one is always thinking of krishna and fixing his lotus feet in the heart is also lacking in me as far as philosophical knowledge or pious works are concerned i don't see any opportunity for me to execute such activities but above all i am not even born in a nice family therefore i must simply pray to you gopi janabalava i simply wish and hope that some way or other i may be able to approach your lotus feet and this hope is giving me pain because i think myself quite incompetent uh to be to approach that transcendental goal of life even though i'm adding even though i'm trying my level best the reason why i'm adding that is because prabhupad before this quoting this shloka by rupa goswami says that this asha bandha or this great hope means to continue to think that because i'm trying my best to follow the routine principles of devotional service i'm sure that i will go back home back to godhead but uh uh there's no surety unless gopi janabalava gopinath krishna you know will do special mercy upon me because to be real i have to admit that uh i'm quite incompetent if it were dependent on my uh personal endeavors 
So, uh, I want to uh, discuss the principle which is being brought out in these two purports about how Krishna, being the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, is not subject to the rules that he, or the system for gradual purification, elevation, uh, uh, that he has set up for the conditioned souls in this material world. And also, how the conditioned souls may actually best purify themselves from the greatest enemy, which is lust, uh, by which they can hope to attain the transcendental position. That uh, uh, principle uh, of, uh, of uh, overcoming lust and gaining the transcendental position must be based on the foundation of Shraddha. So to create Shraddha, there's necessity to hear. To create Shraddha or faith, there's necessity to hear about the topics of Krishna or Krishna Gita. So I want to read, there's many things that I want to read. I hope I can, you know, condense it best as possible. But um, I, I'm hoping that I can cover sufficient ground. I may not be able to give too many explanations. So if you will patiently hear what Prabhupada has to say about a lot of this subject matter, it, it, it may, uh, it may shed, it should shed some light, you know, on the topics of discussion in relationship to the, the chapters that we are now studying. This is from Krishna book. The pastimes of the Lord are generally heard and relished by liberated souls. Those who are conditioned souls are interested in reading fictional stories of the material activities of some common man. Narrations describing the transcendental activities of the Lord are found in the Srimad Bhagavatam and other Puranas. But the conditioned souls still prefer to study ordinary narrations. They are not so interested in studying the narrations of the pastimes of, of Lord Krishna. And yet, the descriptions of the pastimes of the Lord are so attractive that they are relishable for all classes of men. These, there are three classes of men in this world. One class consists of liberated souls. Please listen carefully. Another consists of those who are trying to be liberated. And the third consists of materialistic men. Whether one is liberated or is trying to be liberated or is even grossly materialistic, the pastimes of Lord Krishna are worth studying. 
Krishna Katha means narrations about Krishna. There are two Krishna Kathas, narrations spoken by Krishna and narrations spoken about Krishna. Bhagavad Gita is the narration or the philosophy of the science of God spoken by Krishna himself. Srimad Bhagavatam is the narration about the activities and transcendental pastimes of Krishna. Both are Krishna Katha. It is the order of Lord Chaitanya that Krishna Katha should be spread all over the world because if the conditioned souls suffering under the pangs of material existence take to Krishna Katha, then their path of liberation will be open and clear. The purpose of presenting this book, Krishna book, is primarily to induce people to understand Krishna or Krishna Katha because thereby they can become freed from material bondage. This Krishna Katha will also be very much appealing to the most materialistic persons because Krishna's pastimes with the gopis, we're not talking about Krishna's killing of the demons or anything else at this point, Prabhupada's talking about Krishna's pastimes with the gopis are exactly like the loving affairs between young girls and boys within this material world. Actually, the sex feeling found in human society is not unnatural because this same sex feeling is there in the original personality of Godhead. The pleasure potency is called Srimati Radharani and the loving attraction of loving affairs on the basis of sex feeling is the original feature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We conditioned souls, being part and parcel of Krishna, uh, have such feelings also, but they are experienced within a perverted, minute condition. Therefore, when those who are after sex in this material world hear about Krishna's pastimes with the gopis, mind you, those who are after sex within this material world, when they hear the pastimes of the gopis, they will relish transcendental pleasure, although it appears to be materialistic. The advantage will be, this is the advantage of those who are after mundane sex life within this material world, hearing about the pastimes of Krishna and the gopis, the advantage will be that they will gradually be elevated to the spiritual platform. In the Bhagavatam it is stated that if one hears the pastimes of Lord Krishna with the gopis from authorities with submission, then he will be promoted to the platform of transcendental loving service of the Lord and the material disease of lust within his heart will be completely vanquished. In other words, it will counteract the material sex life. Krishna will be appealing, Krishna, this book, and in which he's, uh, he's pointing out specifically the pastimes of Krishna with the gopis, will be appealing to the liberated souls and to the persons who are trying to be liberated, as well as to the gross conditioned materialist. 
According to the statements of Maharaj, Maharaj Parikshit, who heard about Krishna from Sukadev Goswami, Krishna Katha is equally applicable to every human being. In whatever condition of life he is in, everyone will appreciate it to the highest magnitude. But Maharaj Parikshit also warned that persons who are simply engaged in killing animals and in killing themselves may not be very much attract, attracted to Krishna Katha. May not be very much attracted. They may not be very much attracted, but it doesn't mean that they should not be given chance to hear uh, from authorities who are following in disciplic succession. Furthermore, we will at this point uh, go a little ahead to Prabhupada's comments on the chapter of Krishna's divine rasa dance. Sex desire is especially ex excited in the autumn season. But the wonderful thing about Krishna's association with the gopis is that there was no question of sex desire. These things have to be understood clearly about Krishna in order to appreciate, you know, what's going on in, 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 the, uh, in, in the Bhagavatam because um, uh, we're, we're uh, discussing the principles of pure devotional service. You know, what kind of devotion actually satisfies Krishna? You know, which is, you know, uh, beyond the, um, uh, let's say, what is it called? Anyabhilasita, uh, you know, jnana and karma, you know, and is fully directed toward the consideration of Krishna's pleasure. Uh, Krishnanamashilanam. We're talking, we're, we're discussing the principles of Uttama Bhakti. There was no question of sex desire in Krishna or the gopis. It was, as clearly stated in the Bhagavad description by Shukadeva Goswami, Avarudha Saurata, namely the sex, the sex impulse was completely controlled. It doesn't mean that it wasn't there, but it was completely controlled. It was under control of prema. It was not under control of kama. As many times we brought up, that prema, what is prema? Krishna indriya priti ichta, to have the desire to satisfy the sense of, of, of prema. So the sex life uh, that, that may be seen, or the sex, the apparent uh, sex attraction uh, on, on the spiritual platform, which is called as Adiras, it may appear like mundane sex, but actually it is not mundane sex at all, but rather it is Prema Trishnu, or it is having the, um, having the, uh, thirst for satisfying Krishna's senses. There is a distinction between Lord Krishna's dancing with the gopis, and the ordinary dancing of living entities within the material world. In order to clear up further misconceptions about the rasa dance and the affairs of Krishna and the gopis, Maharaj Parikshit, the hearer of Srimad Bhagavatam, 
told Sukadeva Goswami, Krishna appeared on the earth to establish the regulative principles of religion and to curb the predominance of irreligion. But the behavior of Krishna and the gopis might encourage irreligious principles in the material world. I am simply surprised that he would act in such a way, enjoying the company of others' wives in the dead of night, or as in the case of our present uh, chapter, you know, seeing the body of beautiful unmarried gopis. This statement of Maharaj Prichit was very much appreciated by Shukadeva Goswami. The answer anticipates the abominable acts of the Mayavadi and personalist who placed themselves in the position of Krishna and enjoyed the company of young girls and women. Damn Mayavadis. Vaishnavas, at least especially those, any Vaishnava, you know, but especially those in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, and especially those who are followers of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, Nirvashesha, Shunyavadi, you know, Paschatya Desitara, you know, he's, he's, he's against the, and he preached, and he so much was concerned to defeat, especially the Mayavadis. Vaishnavas rather hate the Mayavadi uh, uh, mentality. The basic Vedic injunctions never allow a person to enjoy sex with any woman except one's own wife. Krishna's appreciation of the gopis uh, uh, appeared to be distinctly in violation of these rules. Maharaj Parikshit understood the total situation from Shukadeva Goswami, yet to further clear the transcendental nature of Krishna and the gopis in the Rasadans, he expressed his surprise. This is very important in order to check the unrestricted association with women by the Prakrita Sahajiyas. In his statement, Maharaj Parikshit has used several important words which require clarification. The first word, Jagupsitam, means abominable. The first doubt of Maharaj Parikshit was as follows. Lord Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead who has advented himself to establish religious principles. Why then did he mix with others' wives in the dead of night and enjoy dancing, embracing, and kissing? According to the Vedic injunctions, this is not allowed. Also, when the gopis first came to him, he gave instructions to them to return to their homes to call the wives of other persons or young girls and enjoy dancing with them is certainly abominable, according to the Vedas. Why should Krishna have done this? Another word used here is aptakama. Some may take it for granted that Krishna was very lusty among young girls, but Prichit Maharaj said that this was not possible. He could not be lusty. First of all, from the material calculation, he was only eight years old. And in our present, uh, in our present um, uh, chapter of Krishna stealing the garments of the gopis, he wasn't even eight years old. He was only seven years old. At that age, a boy cannot be lusty.
Aptakama means that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is self-satisfied. Even if he were lusty, I remember one time, one, one uh, I think, reporter was, was mentioning how, how uh, was telling to Srila Prabhupada, questioning, that how is it that, that uh, this, this Krishna appears to be such a lusty boy? Prabhupada says, yes, he may be lusty, but not like you. He's unlimitedly lusty. You cannot be unlimitedly lusty. So he can have 16,108 queens. As a matter of fact, in the Rasa dance, and in, in terms of, because these gopis who performed the Katyani Vrat, most of them were in their previous lives great sages of Dandakaranya, who were totally well versed in all Vedic etiquette. So, uh, 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 there, uh, at that time, at the time of Rasa dance, there were more than three million, there were millions and millions. Of, of, of gopis all dancing with Krishna simultaneously and Krishna was expanding and, and to, to reciprocate with each one of them you know so no mundaner of this material world can imitate such feats uh, of, of Krishna even if he were lusty he doesn't need to take help from others to satisfy his lust in other words he's atmaram aptakama he's self-satisfied the next point is that although not lusty himself, he might have been induced by the lusty desires of the gopis. But Maharaj Prikshit then used another word, Yadupati, which indicates that Krishna is the most exalted personality in the Yadu dynasty, the king, uh, the kings of the in the Yadu dynasty uh, were considered to be the most pious and your descendants were also like that. Having taken birth in that family, how could Krishna have been induced even by the gopis? It is concluded, therefore, that it was not possible for Krishna to do anything abominable. But Maharaj Prichit was in doubt as to why Krishna acted in that way. What was the real purpose? Another word Maharaj Prichit used when he addressed Sukadev Goswami, is subrata, which means to take a vow to enact pious activities. Sukadev Goswami was an educated brahmachari, and under the circumstance, under the circumstances, it was not possible for him to indulge in sex. This is strictly prohibited for brahmacharis, and what to speak of a brahmachari like Sukadev Goswami? But because the circumstances of the Rasa dance were very suspect, Maharaj Prichit inquired for clarification from Sukadev Goswami. Sukadev Goswami immediately replied that transgressions of religious principles by the Supreme Controller testify to his great power. This is the point we were making earlier. For example, fire can consume any abominable thing. That is the manifestation of the supremacy of fire. Similarly, the sun can absorb water from a urinal or from stool, and the sun is not polluted. Rather, due to the influence of sunshine, the polluted, contaminated place becomes disinfected and sterilized. One may also argue that since Krishna is the supreme authority, his activities should be followed. In answer to this question, 
Shukadev Goswami has very clearly said that Isparanam or the Supreme Controller may sometimes violate his own instructions but this is only possible for the controller himself not for the followers. Unusual and uncommon activities by the controller can never be imitated. Shukadev Goswami warned that the conditioned followers who are not actually in control should never even imagine imitating the uncommon activities of the controller. A Mayavadi philosopher may falsely claim to be God or Krishna, but he cannot actually act like Krishna. He can persuade his followers to falsely imitate rasa dance, but he is unable to lift Govardhan Hill. We have many experiences in the past of Mayavadi rascals deluding their followers by posing themselves as Krishna in order to enjoy Rasalila. In many incidences, they were checked by the government, arrested and punished. In Orissa, Thakur Bhaktivinoda also punished a so-called incarnation of Vishnu who was imitating Rasalila with young girls. There were many complaints against him. At that time, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was magistrate and the government deputed him to deal with that rascal and he punished him very severely. The Rasalila dance cannot be imitated by anyone, nor can stealing garments of unmarried gopis be imitated by anyone. Shukadev Goswami warns that one should not even think of imitating it. He specifically mentions that if out of foolishness one tries to imitate Krishna's rasa dance, he will be killed just like a person who wants to imitate Lord Shiva's drinking of an ocean of poison. Lord, Krishna, uh, Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison and kept it within his throat. The poison made his throat turn blue and therefore Lord Shiva is called Nilakanta. But if any ordinary person tries to imitate Lord Shiva by drinking poison or smoking ganja, Prabhupada adds, because uh, these, uh, uh, what we're discussing here mostly is what are in the verses, uh, the actual verses of Bhagavatam where Shivadeva Goswami is describing this principle of Ishvaranam, how the, how the Supreme Controller can do anything but the, the followers cannot imitate any more than the followers can drink the, uh, the uh, ocean of poison like Lord Shiva even to take even a, a, a pinpoint of cyanide would kill you, you know. But uh, he, Prabhupada is adding smoking ganja, <laughs> because Shiva also smokes ganja sometimes, and the followers of Shiva say, do like that as well. Right. So uh, the uh, drinking uh, followers of Shiva imitate Lord Shiva by doing like that. So he says that uh, such a drinking of poison that by such drinking of poison, if he tries to imitate Lord Shiva, he uh, is sure to be vanquished and will die within a very short time. Lord Krishna's dealings with the young gopis was under special circumstances. Most of the gopis in their previous lives were great sages expert in studying the Vedas, and when Lord Krishna appeared as Lord Ramchandra, they wanted to enjoy with him in conjugal love. 
Lord Ramachandra gave them the benediction that their desires would be fulfilled when <coughs> when he would appear as Krishna. Therefore, the desire of the gopis to enjoy the appearance of Lord Krishna was long cherished. So they approached Goddess Katyani, which is what we're discussing in our present chapter, to have Krishna as their husband. There are many other circumstances also which testify to the supreme authority of Krishna and show that he is not bound to the rules and regulations of the material world. In special cases, he acts as he likes to favor his devotees. This is only possible for him because he is the supreme controller. People in general should follow the instructions. That means anusharana, not anukharana. He, they should follow the instructions of the Lord as given in the Bhagavad Gita and should not even imagine imitating Lord Krishna in the Rasa dance. Krishna's lifting of Govardhan Hill, his killing great demons like Putana and others are all obviously extraordinary activities. Similarly, the Rasa dance is also an uncommon activity and cannot be imitated by any ordinary man. An ordinary person engaged in his occupational duty, like Arjuna, should execute his duty for the satisfaction of Krishna. That is within his power. Arjuna was a fighter and Krishna wanted him to fight for the satisfaction, for his satisfaction. Arjuna agreed, although at first he was not willing to fight. Uh, duties are required for ordinary persons. They should not jump up and try to imitate Krishna and indulge in Rasalila and thus bring about their ruin. I'm going to read this whole thing if you don't mind because it's, it's actually extremely important subject matter in, in order for us to get a, a, a firm footing um, in the uh, topics under discussion. This is for creating faith in Krishna. One should know with certainty that Krishna has had no personal interest in whatever he did for the benediction of the gopis. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Namam Karmani Limpanti, Krishna never enjoys or suffers the result of his activities. Therefore, it is not possible for him to act irreligiously. He is transcendental to all activities and religious principles. He is untouched by the modes of material nature. He is the supreme controller of all living entities, uh, either in human society, in the demigod society, in heavenly planets, or in lower forms of life. He is the supreme controller of all living entities and of all material nature. Therefore, he has nothing to do with religious or irreligious principles. Shukadeva Goswami further concludes that the great sages and devotees who are washed clean of all conditioned life can move freely even within the contamination of material nature by keeping Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, within their hearts. In this way also, they do not become subject to the laws of pleasure and pain in the modes of material nature. 
How then is it possible for Krishna, who appears in his own internal potency, to be subject to the laws of karma? In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord clearly says that whenever he appears, he does so by his internal potency. He is not forced to accept a body by the laws of karma like an ordinary living entity. Every other living entity is forced to accept a certain type of body by his previous actions. But when Krishna appears, he always appears in a body. Uh, it is He appears in a body, you know, we can say self-same body. Uh, it is not forced upon him by the action of his past deeds. His body is a vehicle for his transcendental pleasure which is enacted by his internal potency. He has no obligation to the laws of karma. The Mayavadi monist must accept a certain type of body being forced by the laws of nature. Therefore, his claim to be one with Krishna or God is only theoretical. Such persons who claim to be equal with Krishna and indulge in Rasalila create a dangerous situation for the people in general. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is always present as Supersoul within the bodies of the gopis and their husbands. He is the guide of all living entities. He is confirmed, as is confirmed in the Kata Upanishad, Nityo Nityanam Chaitanas Chaitananam. The Supersoul directs the individual soul to act, and the Supersoul is the actor and witness of all actions. It is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita that Krishna is present in everyone's heart and from him come all action, remembrance and forgetfulness. He is the original person to be known by Vedic knowledge. He is the author of Vedanta philosophy and he knows the Vedanta philosophy perfectly well. The so-called Vedantists and Mayavadis cannot understand Krishna as he is. They simply mislead followers by imitating the actions of Krishna in an unauthorized way. Krishna, the Supersoul of everyone, is already within the bodies of everyone. Uh, therefore, if he sees someone or embraces someone, there's no question of propriety. Some ask that if Krishna is self-sufficient, why should he at all manifest pastimes with the gopis, which are disturbing to the so-called moralist of this world? The answer is that such activities show special mercy to the fallen conditioned souls. The gopis are also expansions of his internal energy. But because Krishna wanted to exhibit the Rasalila, they also appeared as ordinary human beings. In the material world, pleasure is ultimately manifest in the sex attraction between man and woman. The man lives simply to be attracted by a woman, and the woman lives simply to be attracted by men. This is the basic principle of material life. As soon as these attractions are combined, people become more and more implicated in material existence. In order to show them special favor, Krishna exhibited this Rasalila dance. 
It is just to captivate the conditioned soul. Since they are very much attracted by sexology, they can enjoy the same life with Krishna and thus become liberated from the material condition. In the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Maharaj Pritchett also explains that the pastimes and activities of Lord Krishna are medicine for the conditioned souls. If they simply hear about Krishna, they become relieved from the material disease. They are addicted to material enjoyment and are accustomed to reading sex literature. But by hearing these transcendental pastimes of Krishna with the gopis, they will be relieved from material contamination. How they should hear and from whom is also explained by Shukadeva Goswami. Listen to this one. The difficulty is that the whole world is full of mayavadis. And when they become professional reciters of Srimad Bhagavatam, and when people without knowing the effect of the mayavadi philosophy hear from such persons, they become confused. So we should ask understand that this is the cause of the confusion of people, is that when they hear from unqualified rascal mayavadi, so-called philosophers, then then when they hear, and because they are not, uh, let's say, given the proper understanding from Sampradaya, from proper Sampradaya, Vaishnava Sampradaya, then they become fused and are led astray by hearing these activities of the gopis. Listen further. Discussion of Raslila among people in general is not recommended because they are, they are affected by the Mayavad philosophy. But, emphatically, but, if one who is advanced explains and people hear from him, certainly the hearers will gradually be elevated to the position of Krishna consciousness and liberated from material contaminated life. Another important point is that all the gopis who danced with Krishna were not in their material bodies. They danced with Krishna in their spiritual bodies. All their husbands thought that their wives were sleeping by their sides. The so-called husbands of the gopis were already enamored by the influence of the external energy of Krishna. So by dint of this very energy, they could not understand that their wives had gone to dance with Krishna. What then is the basis of accusing Krishna of dancing with others' wives or stealing garments of gopis? The bodies of the gopis, which were with, uh, uh, which were their husbands, belonging to their husbands, were lying in bed, but the spiritual parts and parcels of Krishna were dancing with him. Krishna is the supreme person, the whole spirit, and he danced with the spiritual bodies of the gopis. There's therefore no reason to accuse Krishna in any way. After the rasa dance was over, the night turned to uh, the night of Brahma. Uh, let's say, it says the night turned into the Brahma Mahurta, which he's explaining 
the Acharya just said that the the the, the uh, Rasa dance was held was the night of the Rasa dance was extended for the whole night of Ma, which is billions of years. It is recommended that one should uh, no. He says the Brahma Mahorta takes place about one and a half hours before sunrise. It is recommended that one should rise uh, from bed at that time and after finishing daily ablutions, take to the spiritual activities of performing Mangal Artik and chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. This period is very convenient for the execution of spiritual activities. When that auspicious moment arrived, Krishna asked the gopis to leave. Although they were not willing to quit his company, they were very obedient and uh, dear to him. Uh, I, this is uh, just uh, an interjection which may not pertain directly to the, the discussion, but Shukadev Goswami uh, goes further in Prabhupada purports a little further, which I'm going to focus on. Shukadev Goswami concludes this episode of Rasa Dance by pointing out that if a person hears from the right source of the pastimes of Krishna, who is Vishnu himself and the gopis, who are expansions of his energy, then he will be relieved from the most dangerous type of disease, namely lust. If one actually hears Rasalila, uh, if one actually hears Rasalila, he will become completely freed from the lusty desires of sex life and elevated to the highest level of spiritual understanding. Generally, because they hear from Mayavadis, and they themselves are Mayavadis, people become more and more implicated in sex life. The conditioned soul should hear the Rasalila from an authorized spiritual master and be trained by him so that he can understand the whole situation. Thus, one can be elevated to the highest standard of spiritual life. Otherwise, one will be implicated. Material lust is a kind of heart disease, and to cure the heart, material heart disease of the conditioned soul, it is recommended that one should hear, but not from the impersonal, impersonalist rascals, Prophet is saying. So, it's not exactly wrong to hear from persons who are not impersonalist rascals. If one hears from the right sources, with right understanding, by hearing from the right sources, one is generally made to have right understanding. So that should be borne in mind also. Uh, then his situation will be different. Shukadeva Goswami has used the word uh, Shadanvita for one who is trained in the spiritual life. Shraddha or faith is the beginning. One who has developed his faith in Krishna uh, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme Spirit Soul, can both describe and hear. Sukadeva Goswami also uses the word Anushunuvat, One must hear from disciplic succession. This is, this is the point. As we are doing, we are hearing from disciplic succession. 
Anu means following, and Anu means always. So one must always follow the discipline of succession and not hear from any stray professional reciter, Mayavadi, or ordinary man. Anu Shunuyat means that one must hear from an authorized person who is in discipline succession and is always engaged in Krishna consciousness. When a person wants to hear in this way, then the effect will be sure. By hearing Rasalila, one will be elevated to the highest position of spiritual life. Shukadeva Goswami uses two specific words, Bhaktim and Param. Bhaktim Param means execution of devotional service above the neophyte stage. Those who are simply attracted to temple worship but do not know the philosophy of bhakti are in the neophyte stage. That sort of bhakti is not the perfectional stage. The perfectional stage of bhakti or devotional service is completely free from material con contamination. The most dangerous aspect of contamination is lust or sex life. Bhaktim Puram, devotional service, is so potent that the more one advances uh, in uh, this line, the more he loses his attraction for material sex life. Advancement in this line begins with hearing. So, uh, uh, so uh, uh, it is not that one is completely freed from the material contamination before he begins hearing. But by hearing, he becomes free from material contamination because the hearing process infuses the soul with bhakti param. He infuses the soul with the proper understanding as per Sambandha Tattva Gyan, as per Abhideya Tattva Gyan, and as per Prayojan Tattva Gyan. All these tattvas are required to be understood from discipline succession in order to in order to uh, progress, you know, in this bhaktim param, param line or in the line of prema dharma. Bhaktim param actually means prema. But we are following prema dharma. Those who are advancing in pure devotional service, who are seriously hearing uh, from discipline succession. With, with the desire to inquire about what is favorable for the discharge of devotional service, what is unfavorable. This is the indication of Shraddha, is that he has this, uh, this attitude of Sharanagati, that, that uh, uh, Krishna Bhakti Khoile Sarva Karma Krita Hoy. This is impressed upon him by discipline succession. And if he will take that, then he will realize you know, that Krishna is the only husband of everyone and that, and that, uh, and, and that uh, uh, there, there's no uh, uh, other goal than to make oneself the fittest for being enjoyed by the Supreme Enjoyer, Krishna. Bhaktim Puram devotional service is so potent that the more one advances in this line, the more he loses his attraction for material life. One who is actually deriving benefit from hearing Rasa Lila surely achieves the transcendental position. He surely loses all traces of lust within his heart.
So I know the time is very short. I have a lot more books here, but I think we're not going to be able to maybe in some future uh, uh, class we can con continue more uh, on this uh, subject matter. This is a very important subject matter to understand. Uh, uh, but I would like to just, just for maybe two or three minutes, I would like to just uh, conclude by, by making a point here that how many times uh, have we heard uh, the adage that Krishna consciousness is the positive alternative? Positive alternative. How many times have we heard that yoga means plus, bhakti yoga means plus? Yoga does not mean minus. Prabhupada has many times made this point. Yoga means plus, is it not? We've heard like this sometimes. Yoga means plus. Positive alternative. Yoga means plus. What this actually means, uh, according to my realization, according to my um, observation, with reference to Srila Prabhupada's teachings and Krishna's teachings in the Bhagavad Gita, Rasoparjam Rasopyasya Param Drisva Rasovarjam means that he can give up the lower attraction, the material attraction, material attachments, which are the basic cause of all the anarthas. How? By experiencing a higher taste. The experience of the higher taste is accomplished by the influence of this bhaktim param. When one hears from a pure devotee, when one hears from a premik Vaishnava, when one hears from a rasik Vaishnava, then naturally the power of his words creates genuine attraction for the beauty sweetness and opulences of all sorts in Krishna. That attraction alone uh, becomes the actual cause of his, his uh, let's say, endeavors to uh, advance in Krishna consciousness. If one is fortunate, as Prabhupada said, that he has created our good fortune, Eru Pramanda Brahmita Kon Bhagavan Jeev, Bhagavan Jeev, the fortunate soul, Guru Krishna Prasadi Bhakti Lakatish. So, uh, that bhakti lata bij means 
shraddha. It is on the basis of this shraddha, which is created by associating with the bodhis and hearing in their association, in disciplic succession, that one becomes inclined toward Krishna. And that inclination toward Krishna, that determination that I should only engage myself in Krishna conscious activities so as to quickly achieve the the only prayojan or necessity of any soul, which is Krishna Prema. When that Shraddha is there, then um, it is uh, it, it is uh, quite necessary for him to hear about Krishna, to further hear about Krishna, to further uh, inculcate the principles of devotional service. You know. So, Uttama Bhakti has, uh, let's say, two characteristics. One characteristic is this Anyabhilasita Shunyam Gyanakamadhyanabhitam. This characteristic is called the Tatasta Lakshana. Lakshana means characteristic. So the Tatasta Lakshana means the marginal Lakshana, or you can say the side effect of Uttama Bhakti is that he becomes freed from the desire to pursue karma, the paths of karma and jnana. How? By focusing on the sarup lakshana. Focusing on the sarup lakshana of uttama bhakti, which is anukulena krishnana shilana. Sarup lakshana means it is the it is the the let's say original form, the natural form of. Sarup, the own form of Uttama Bhakti. The real form of Uttama Bhakti is to positively, plus, uh, 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 focus on the activities uh, with the, uh, 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 which will be pleasing to Krishna by learning what is pleasing to Krishna from disciplic succession, not concocting, but by learning and becoming, uh, let's say, absorbed in that pursuit of Krishna's pleasure. Just like from the very beginning, I remember uh, Prabhupada instructing that when we're, when we're preparing the prasadam for the deity in the temple, we should think of how Krishna will enjoy this prasad. We were not so much concerned with, oh, I better not lust over the prasad. At least I, you know, it wasn't a question so much of, I better not lust over the prasad, but rather we were to make that principle that we should prepare with the attitude that Krishna should enjoy this prasad as the predominating feature, which is the, the devotional feature. That I should not lust after the prasadam is not the devotional feature. The devotional feature, the sarup of 
devotion is that I should do for the pleasure of Krishna. So this is compared, as Srila Prabhupada gives the example, it is compared to the endeavor to, um, to uh, let's say, uh, take out the ink, not by trying to bail the ink out of the, the, the cup to make the cup ink, inkless, because after all, we're in the inky atmosphere of this Kaliva condition of human society. So, practically speaking, if you're in an inky atmosphere, it is virtually impossible to take the ink out by trying to uh, uh, make, the, make our heart inkless or poisonless by, um, by let's, say, let's say, eliminating the ink. Because as soon as you eliminate the ink, naturally more ink is going to go in. So how to do it? Prabhupada is told how to do it. This is very practical. How to do it? Is that you have to find a substance. You have to add plus. It is not minus program. It is plus program. You have to add a denser substance. If you add the denser substance, uh, which is uh, such as milk or nectar, milk compared to ink, nectar compared to poison, if you if you keep adding the um, the denser substance drop by drop, uh, then gradually, because the denser substance is heavier it will sink down to the depths of the heart and become established, well established and gradually rise up to the, the pinnacle of prema thus driving every scrap of ink of the anarthas without, out of the heart. After all, if you will read in Madhurya Kadambini, you will read about the varieties of anarthas. There are four basic varieties of anarthas. We won't go into elaborate description because there's no time, I'm already way over time. But those four basic, uh, those four types of anarthas are basically anarthas arising from sin, anarthas arising from piety, anarthas arising from uh, the uh, offenses committed in devotional service and anarthas arising from devotional service itself. As described in Chaitanya Charitamrita, when you water the creeper of bhakti, sometimes weeds will grow up also. So, if one is serious about cultivating the creeper of bhakti, then one has to, you know, also take out the weeds. That is also part of the cultivation, although it's not the main focus. <coughs> However, it is mentioned <coughs> that the different stages, namely Adal Shraddha, Tha Sadhu Sangha, uh, Bhajan Kriya, Anartana Vritisya, etc. These different stages, this Anartana Vritti is the stage at which 
the anartas arising from sinful life only are absolutely eradicated. Anartas arising from sinful life, therefore no meat-eating, no intoxication, no illicit sex, no gambling. These are the anartas arising from sinful life. These are the pillars of sinful life. So when one has become relatively or sufficiently or absolutely uh, competent to disassociate himself from the pursuit of these sinful tendencies, that is called anartanavritti. So anartanavritti, the stage of anartanavritti is when one is completely freed from anartas or absolutely free because the anartanavritti, the eradication from the anartas will be seen um, uh, as uh, specific, eradicating specifically certain aspects of, anart of the, vari the various kinds of anartas or general a general eradication, complete eradication, and absolute eradication. So, the specific, general, com and complete and absolute eradication are achieved at different stages. So the absolute eradication of, sin of anarthas arising from sin uh, is achieved at the stage of anarthanavritti. Then Nishta, Ruchi, Bhav, I mean Asakti, Bhav and Prema. So beyond Prema, there is Sneha, Man, Pranay, Rag, Anurag, Bhav and Mahabhav, Premik Bhav and Mahabhav. So this Mahabhav of the gopis can never be understood by anyone who has not yet gone there to experience it. By inference we can detect uh, in accordance with the, um, the the symptoms given in Shastra that um, the um, the activities of the gopis may be, let's say, appertaining to this type of Mahabhav or that type of Mahabhav or various types of expression of prema. You know, for, for a more elevated devotee, that may be a useful subject matter of study, not for the neophytes. But Still, we should understand that the anarthas arising from, from uh, the um, uh, piety, they are not ab absolutely eradicated until a little later. They're absolutely eradicated, um, if I'm not mistaken, at the time of Ruchi. Then the, 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 the anarthas arising from devotional practices are uh, absolutely eradicated 
at the stage of prema, like that. But the anarthas arising from namaparad, because if one has, and generally, all people start from the state platform of offensive chanting. There's offensive chanting, then there's the clearing stage, then the pure stage. But even at the pure stage of chanting, when Krishna has condescended to descend in the form of Shudanam, within the heart and on the tongue of a devotee, even at that stage, he is still not he has still not completely eradicated the resultant reactions to anartas which have arisen from offenses committed earlier in his, you can say, ignorant stage of devotional life. So, it is described that the offenses against the holy name of Krishna which arise, I mean, the, the anartas, which arise on account of the offenses against the holy name of Krishna, they are not absolutely eradicated until the soul attains Vastu Siddhi and is completely sheltered at the lotus feet of Krishna in the Satchitananda Siddhadeha, the spiritual body, as were the gopis. So, it is not that uh, one has to become completely freed from all uh, from all the resultant reactions of the anartas arising from uh, uh, from uh, the various categories: sinful life, pious life, uh, offenses in devotional service, and devotional service itself. Before one uh, should uh, let's say beg, borrow, or steal the opportunity to hear about Krishna and Krishna's pastimes uh, in, in, the, in the land of Braja with his most exalted devotees of whom Srimati Radharani is, is the supreme. So I just, I just think that we should when, when, when we uh, um, you know, pour the milk when you, when, the more you pour the milk, the more the ink is going to be driven out. Medicine means that there should be sufficient dose. If someone will take insufficient dose of the medicine of Krishna Kata and Harinam, then there's no wonder that he's floundering on the material platform, you know, wondering whether, you know, he should be doing something other than pursuing the path of prema dharma so pour pour the milk but pour the milk with right understanding so those who are pouring the milk you know someone has to pour the milk someone will receive the milk so it is very clear as we were reciting shrinvatam swakatha krishna punya shravana kirtana it is punya shravana kirtana 
When it is properly heard and chanting, ch chanted, and properly hearing and chanting means that the speaker should be powerful, the speaker should be able to, uh, let's say, infuse within the heart true inspiration for advancement in pure devotional service. And the disciple should be interested, you know, to inquire. should be interested to, to, uh, to inquire about uh, the Jigyasu Shreya Uttamam Tasman Gurum Prapateta Jigyasu Shreya Uttamam Otherwise, what is the meaning of the whole affair? If, we, if we're not coming to the Krishna Conscious Movement, if we're not coming to, to Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet, you know, to submissively hear and really learn about the goal of life, which is Krishna Prema, which is the thing that Srila Prabhupada wants to give us. You know? Then, then what the hell are we doing here? We should be careful. A devotee, if, if you will see, in, in uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur's uh, Prakatarās Satadushini, he writes that a devotee will never instruct about the science of rasa tattva to those who have pliable faith. But it is the duty of the speakers to create faith where there is no faith. To induce people to surrender to Krishna. Of course, the elaborate science of Rasa Tattva is such a huge, you know, unfathomable, you know, ocean, practically or Mount Sumeru, you know, to uh, to understand. And so it takes considerable advancement in dosha life to actually enter into the subject matter and appreciate nicely. But uh, the foreground, the basis, has to be, let's say, solidly established. In the same Prakatarasa Satadushini, Bhaktisiddhanta, he clearly makes the point that simply by performing devotion, I can show you the verse later, simply by performing devotional service on the basis of the pre preliminary rules and regulations of Vaidhi Bhakti will never engender the adhikar for spontaneous devotional service or Raghunuga this is Bhaktisiddhanta's instruction. By, by engaging in Vaidhi Bhakti, one will never get the inclination for Ram unless there is the influence of a Rasik Vaishnava who by his, the force of his order by the force of his instructions, 
by the biddies which he imposes upon his students, the student will be directed toward the elements of Ra. Just like Srila Prabhupada again and again must attend the Bhagavatam class. Regularly, daily hearing Bhagavatam. What is Bhagavatam? Bhagavatam is the topmost Rasa Shastra. Any other Shastra which has come about, has come about, which the Acharyas have given us, has come about on the basis of Bhagavat. Bhagavat is the supreme authority. And Bhagavat is meant to inspire the realization of the beauty of the Brajalilas. So, it is absolutely essential that we understand that the Vaidhi program which Srila Prabhupada has given us is not ordinary Vaidhi. Vaidhi Bhakti means Vaikuntha Bhakti or reverential devotion. But I can, I have so many references. If anyone wants to come and discuss with me, I have no objection. And I can solidly prove to you how Srila Prabhupada is not giving us Vaidhi Bhakti. He's giving us Vaidhi directed toward Rad with the anticipation of our becoming attracted to the lotus feet of Rajendranandan Krishna. Which, uh, which, uh, increases our adhikar for Rad, which is known as Lobamoy Shraddha. So it's 10 o'clock already. I'm grateful to all of you for patiently listening. I, I, I probably could go on for another two hours to, to discuss the points. But it's perhaps not the uh, you know proper thing to do. Hare Krishna. Thank you.